You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nauta as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical. Hey, Dave, how are you doing today? Not bad, Nick. How are you? It's Friday. It's Friday. No complaints on a Friday. Podcast no. time. <laughs> through the next couple hours and uh, free for a couple of days. So i um, got another good episode on tap for today. We're going to continue our strategic, reliable blueprint process. Well, that's a mouthful. We are in stage six. So be sure if you have not already, you can go back and listen to all of the other stages that brought us to this point. Um, but right now, today, we're talking about our strategy meeting, the strategy part of the process, which I know, Dave, is one of your favorites, where we actually start getting into yeah. the financial planning software and start moving some of the pieces of the puzzle around. Yes, start to uh, start to actually solve problems. So we've talked, you know, we've, we've built a, a vision for the client, figured out where they want to go, mapped that out. We've talked through the obstacles, the things that stand in their way, which is usually a money situation and how we can how we can tackle that to get them pointed in the right direction. And then strategy meeting is where we actually start formulating recommendations for the client. One of the things I really like about the way we do it and the way we present this to clients is this is this isn't us making recommendations from on high you know, as the CFPs just dictating what the client should do. This, this first meeting on strategy is really about give and take with the client and working through the priorities that we've established. Yeah. So typically coming out of the obstacles meeting, we're obviously considering those obstacles and considering solutions to them. But we're, what we're also doing is starting to build out the plan in terms of, you know, our traditional client is usually approaching retirement. So maybe we're, you know, two, three years out from retirement. So we're looking at, okay, how do we figure out what your retirement income goal is? And then in addition to that, what other goals do you have that came out of the vision, whether that's travel or, you know, helping kids through college or paying for a marriage, uh, a wedding for a daughter, son, things of that nature. And so we have kind of a good idea of the spending goals. And now kind of what we do as a team behind the scenes is we go through and build out the plan for what do we do from a retirement income standpoint? Where do we take from? What do we do from an investment standpoint? Um, and, and really start to try to get an idea of what those recommendations will be. And there's ultimately always a couple things that you know is really best for the client to be brought in on in terms of seeing how one how how it might work one way versus how it might work a different way, so we can get their buy-in on what that looks like and what they're more comfortable with. So to put it a different way, you know, the, the biggest obstacle that we're usually dealing with is that everybody's got just a finite amount of money right? And then we've got competing goals. And you touched on a couple of them. Pretty typical scenario is say a middle-aged couple with a couple, they're within earshot of retirement, but maybe they've still got some kids at home that uh, we need to, we need to balance, you know, saving for retirement with, you know, saving for tuition dollars. And so there's no mathematically perfect answer because the resources are finite and everything has trade-offs. So, you know, this meeting is about us saying, okay, well, if you save X for 
towards college. This is what this would look like. And that leaves Y for retirement. And we can play around with those things and talk to the client about, you know, how they view those different outcomes. And, and then, you know, and then another obvious one is, is how much risk are you willing to take in the portfolio? So there's another lever we can, we can press and show the client, okay, if you, if you take more, le- more risk, less risk, this is what it looks like. How do those preferences come together to create a plan? Yeah, and that's kind of, you know, when we're building portfolios and, and part of why we do the financial plan first is we can come to a really good idea of what the portfolio fit is going to be because of some of those trade-offs. And it's always kind of interesting when we do this risk-reward analysis where, you know, having no risk or a limited risk is, you know, gives one solution and having maximum risk gives another solution. But you know, it's kind of in that bell-shaped curve in terms of where the risks should be depending on the plan outcome. If people don't take enough risk, then inflation is an issue over retirement, depending on what kind of assets they have. And if they take too much risk, well, then too many bad things could go wrong between here. Right. So it's just kind of this idea of we're backing into the portfolio from not only what the client risk profile is, but also what the goals are, what the time horizon is. And so just a really helpful way to build a portfolio. Yeah, we, we've talked about that concept or the trade-off between risk capacity, meaning how much risk can the plan absorb and risk tolerance, which is how much how much risk can the client absorb. And uh, those right. are right. often different things. So, um, yeah. To go back to this whole process, the importance of having that vision and having that um, laid out plan of what that looks like is there's always you know, trade-offs that need to be made and changes that need to be made. And so having that vision of, you know, and really buying into that vision of this is why we're doing this makes the planning part that much easier. And, and I'd like to touch on the other side of that too. And in a good scenario of when this comes up a lot of times is we will also, as a part of retirement income planning, start taking a look at social security options. Um, so just, you know, a, a quick background on Social Security, you know, normal Social Security, depending on when you were born, is somewhere between 66 and 67, but you can start taking it at 62 or you can wait as long as 70. So there's some choices that can be made there. And, you know, depending on life expectancy and things of that nature, you know, you might want to wait longer versus start earlier. But there's another side of that coin, which is what your, you know, your spending or your risk preferences in terms of, you know, because usually if you're waiting for Social Security, we're taking money out of your portfolio to compensate for that. And that brings in a fear factor, risk factor that um, I think a lot of people forget about. Yeah, and same, same kind of discussion around pension options too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And so all these things, you know, they, you know, mathematically, a lot of times we know, you know, we know what the software is going to do in terms of, you know, if you're, if we know, you know, that we're planning on you living until age 100, then we know what the software is Mm going to say in terms of whether or not you should start early versus start late, whether or not you should take, you know, 100% survivor in your pension versus straight life. But those are all options because we're, they're options, obviously, but they're also we're expecting something to happen when we program them that into the system. And so there's some trade-offs there that we really need to kind of think about. We need the client really to think about in terms of what that all looks like. And, and just coming back to that retirement, another one is retirement date, right? So, 
we, if we're sitting down and we're thinking, okay, two years for retirement, well, if we come to a point where, you know, it looks like we're going to be a little bit short of hitting our goals in terms of our goal spending or goal income, then it's kind of that trade-off, right? So what is, one of the things that I love to do is say, okay, what does working one more year do in terms of your ability to hit your goals? Or two more years, what does that do in terms of, and I think a lot of people are surprised when we come back with, it's only going to add $100 a month to your income level by waiting a year. To take that another level, there there have been a few clients I've worked with uh, over the years who, you know, we might have said, you know, 2022 is their target retirement. And they'll say, they'll call me up and they'll say, you know what, I think it's actually going to be May of 2022, where I was originally thinking, yeah. you know, so so do we need to change anything or do anything? And, it's, and I just kind of chuckle because I know, you know, the, we can't be, nothing can be that precise, right? You know, unless there's some magical like cliff thing that happens, like vesting of something, you know, then then uh, usually six months increments are just not enough to to deal with. But and I think you're you're right too. And the other side of that too, a lot of times, what what's interesting for me in doing this for a lot of folks is once we give that a lot of people like the the go ahead, if you will, in terms of we got the plan, and you know. We're thinking retiring in, in 2023. Um, oftentimes, people feel a lot better about that and sometimes even work longer because there's not that stress and strain knowing that you can walk away at it. Yeah, it's the Johnny Paycheck factor. So that's that's always been an interesting dynamic to me. As soon as, you know, as soon as I tell a client that, you know, you could retire this year if you wanted to, and this is what it would look like, and they're like, wow, I could do that. It's, not, it's certainly not as stressful to go back to work. Right. So I always find that as an interesting dynamic. Back to the the, the plan and the process. So we, we kind of work on these strategies as a group. We'll present them to the clients and, and get their buy-in and show them a, d- a couple different things if they want to look at different retirement years and, and that. And then the next thing that we do is we kind of stress, stress, it, stress test it and try to blow it up to a lot of degrees in terms of you know what could go wrong. So a common one that people are worried about is cuts to Social Security. Is Social Security going to be there? And that obviously is a factor that's being thrown around when you listen to the news in terms of, you know, every once in a while, you'll see it pop up as a big news story, even though, you know, it's been going on for a while if the Social Security Trust Fund is going to run out. Are you a small business or a nonprofit that wants to market better? Of course you want to market better. Join heavy-hitting marketing agencies and experts at the Michigan Marketing Outstanding Brands Summit. All the big bosses will be there. 17 presentations on cutting-edge topics like brand dominance, how to make a logo that doesn't suck, figuring out what the heck SEO is, launching your own damn podcast, upcoming annoying changes for social media, creating videos that slay, and so much more win big prizes, and take advantage of exclusive marketing training. Join the ranks of marketing bosses throughout Michigan and meet me, Amy Zander, the reigning marketing mobstress of Michigan. Mark Friday, May 6th, 2022 on your calendar. It's not too far away to start planning now. Follow Zedia Media on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube for a chance to win tickets. Visit ZediaMedia.com for more information and to purchase tickets. That's Z-E-E-D-I-A-M-E-D-I-A dot com. Your presence will be honored. Your absence will be noted. 
it's uh, that's not a scenario that keeps me up at night of the many things that do, you know, but uh, it is a, it is definitely a discussion we, we have quite often. I just always point out, they call it the third rail of American politics. For a reason. We tend to govern by crisis. So the more it becomes a crisis, the more likely uh, it is for Congress to actually do something to shore it up. And there are, there are real solutions that could shore it up without uh, affecting retirees' incomes. One of the, the common things that we'll do is, you know, do a 10, 15% cut in Social Security just to show people that, yes, this is a part of your overall plan, but, you know, your plan works even if there are some cuts to it. So there is Social Security cuts. Um, there's also a simulation that will run oftentimes like a bear market tests in terms of look at your portfolio, mm-hmm. look at what might potentially happen or... You know, if your returns aren't as good as they as they have as we're projecting them to be, what does that look like? Oftentimes, we will also do an inflation one, although you know inflation hasn't really been a concern for a long time for most people, but it's starting to pick up now. So that's always that's that's one that's you know coming back around into you know some of the different things that we do. But the other thing that we'll do is we'll start to look at some of the insurance scenarios as well. Well, I think it's worth uh, I think it's worth pointing out though too. A lot of times when we do those stress tests, we do find that you know spending as written in the plan may not work if some of those scenarios come to fruition. So, meaning you know returns are significantly worse, or Social Security would get cut, or pensions would get cut. It would it would affect spending. But one thing we can do is a kind of quantify that. And B, you know, and when you can quantify it, like in our software, we split goals up into things you absolutely need versus things you want and things that are kind of, we call them wishes in the plan, you know, things that you would do if, if, if everything came true. And so our goal in that, those kind of scenarios is to make sure that all the needs are covered and as many of the wants are, co- you know, if, and I guess if, if you really need it covered, then it's not a want, it's a need, right? The other thing it can do is lead to looking at strategies to create safer income, you know, which is a whole different topic. But, uh, you know, don't don't just assume because we stress tested it that everything's great. A lot of times we do have to point out what the changes. Yeah, that's a great point. And um, one of the things that I, you know, what I think about is, yes, we have this plan and yes, we have these projections, but the reality of it is a lot of things are going to change. Mm-hmm. And so it's not so much a set in stone. This is what's going to happen as it is kind of like guide rails. Like right. if things are going well and you know, we're, we don't fall below a certain level in terms of the plan and, and the projections, we'll be fine. But once we fall through that level, if there needs to be an adjustment to spending for a year or two or an adjustment to the amount that you, you know, take for inflation those are conversations that we have. And that's why this is the beginning of the process, not the end of the process, because ultimately those things are going to happen. I don't know about you, but I have yet to write a financial plan that came to fruition 30 years down the road to the, you know, anywhere close to the dollar amount. Neither, neither of us have been doing this uh, long enough to, to claim 30 years. But uh, that's yeah, I, with the people that I've worked with over extended periods of time, let's put it that way, both for my own protection and theirs extended periods of time. Yeah. It's usually like every 18 months to 24 months, we're changing goals. We're plugging things in. We hadn't thought of things that, and and, you know, I I think recognizing right up front, the human brain is horrible 
at setting long-term goals, you know? So in a way, it's kind of funny. We go through all this work because I think, you know, creating the vision and what's valuable to you helps with that process. But what those dollar goals and the timing of things, and we're not very good at that. And it's really, there's lots of examples that, uh, you know, you're just basically not good at knowing right now what the future you is going to want. So we just kind of take it in stride and accept it as part of the planning process that 24 months from now that, you know, plan to rent an RV and travel, you know, across the West, uh, you know, the year after you retire is going to be replaced by running a place in uh, New Mexico every other winter for the next 10 years. You know, it'll, it, these things will evolve. Which is why it's so important to, you know, bring these out, you know, every four to six months to take a look at the plan. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously we're updating all the financial stuff, but the other stuff needs to be updated as well because those changes, we want to make sure that, you know, we're in those guidelines with those changes that we're making, but it's so true. You know, the, the, you know, um, the best laid plans, um, never seem to, uh, to, to have a hiccup in the road. So, um, you know, all of those things are true in everything that you do. And, and that's why this is the starting point, not the, not the place that we finish. So um, another thing that we also will do as a part of this strategy meeting is start to look at some of the insurances and just to make sure that if we, you know, we have the plan in place, we have it the way that we want it, make sure we're protecting it from the standpoint mm-hmm. of protecting, you know, f- against... You know, life insurance, so an early death in the plan or disability or long-term care. Those are all things that we're going to stress test the plan with and look at and help create a plan around each of those scenarios so that we can continue the plan as the way it was intended should some should something like that come up. Um, and, and if appropriate, purchase insurance for that. Not, you know, it's not like we're out here trying to push insurance for everything, but it's certainly, we do believe in having a plan for all those scenarios, um, Mm -hmm. whether, you know, and and whatever that plan is, that's best for you. And that's part of, you know, moving the pieces around and walking the, walking through those is to address those things um, to make sure that we are aware of what the potential outcome is. Should one of those scenarios happen and make a plan for it, not necessarily going out and buying a bunch of insurance. You know, never, never fun to talk about insurance, but, uh, but uh, necessary part of the plan and make sure those protections are in place. From here, you know, when we've had this in-depth conversation and strategy, then it's about putting those into actual recommendations that we've agreed upon. And that would be the, uh, the next phase of implementing the plan. Yeah, the build meeting. So going out of the strategy meeting, now we have a really good idea of the plan and we have an idea of the trade-offs and and we kind of have some buy-in on the client end of what makes the most sense for them in terms of what they're comfortable with and how the plan works out. So we can go into, again, the team will go back and start to build out the recommendations based on that plan so that we can, you know, and present that at the build meeting, which we will talk about in our next installment of this podcast next week. There you go. I had a feeling that would be uh, what we'd be talking about next Friday at this time. So um, if you have questions on any part of the, of our planning process, 
feel free to reach out to info at srbadvisors.com. Love to answer those questions. Hopefully you are enjoying our series on our process and, and how we walk clients through creating a financial plan. I know um, it's something that we're passionate about and love talking about. And so if you have questions on anything that we've discussed and how it relates to your plan, we would love for you to reach out. Sounds good, Nick. sir. As always, enjoy your weekend. Thank you for the time. And I look forward to next week. Yep. See you on the flip side. Gather around and follow the Kitchen Table Finance Podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now. You can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com and contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at srbadvisors.com. 